the Lord said in Jeremiah, he said, I knew you. So before, before I formed you, before, everybody say the word before. Not after, not after the spark of conception. Not after the spark of fertilization. Before I formed you in the womb, we were connected. We were as one. We were connected in soul and spirit. You are a part of me. We were intertwined. You have no memory of this, but one day you will walk back into heaven and the first words out of your mouth is, I'm home. And it will feel like home to you. That's why we call it going home. Because when you get to heaven, that part of you will be awakened again because you existed there, not in a physical form, but you existed there in a part of God. And I will show you how that happens, how I believe that happens. There was a part of God. So I believe this with all of my heart. There is a God-shaped space in everybody's heart that only God can fill. And you can fill it up with alcohol, and you can fill it up with drugs, and you can fill it up with sex, and you can fill it up with lust. You can fill it with anything you want. But none of that is ever going to satisfy that God-shaped space in your heart that you can only satisfy when he fills up every part of your being. So there's a part of you that belongs to God. There's a part of you that needs to stay connected with God. So now here we hear this idea that God wants to be romantic with you. Think about that for a second. God doesn't just want you to sing him songs. God wants to be romantic. Romance is about love. Have you ever read the book of Song of Solomon? It's a, it's a romance novel of how God is wooing us. He's peeping through the lattice and he's chasing us through the meadow and catching us under the apple tree. All of that's in the Song of Solomon. And, and because God is wooing us, God wants more than just our hands and our songs. God wants intimacy. God is looking for a connection with you that is bigger than a song. It is bigger than a nice beat and a tap of the foot. God wants something that is so real that you feel like he's a part of you and you're a part of him. God wants you and him. God wants you to go to his innermost being and he wants to go to your innermost being and interlock and connect romantically in intimacy with your spirit. So even though my body, my physical body cannot tangibly do that with Almighty God. God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him how? So God is interested in intertwining, interconnecting, interlocking with the spirit that's inside of me. Now, I want you to look at the rest of this verse. He said, go back up there. He said, I sanctified you. In other words, I set you apart and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, that word ordained is like a, is like a legal contract. So 40 years ago, Faith and I walked down the aisle in Iron City, Georgia, in her home church, and we did our vows before God and the group that was there, and we became legally one. 
right? We became legally one and we're still legally one. But in that moment, we made a legal covenant that binded her to me and binded me to her, which means that, you know, what I own, she owns, what she owns, I own. We share all things alike because we made a legal bonding covenant. That's what ordained means. God is not just saying, hey, I called you to preach so you can tell everybody you're a preacher. No, that's not what he's talking about. Hey, I ordained you so you can put a, a, a big certificate on your wall and say I'm ordained. That's not what he's talking about. God is saying, I want a covenant relationship with you. I want you to be mine. You know what I love about the redhead the most? She's mine. That's what I love about it the most. She is mine. I know she's mine. I'm hers and she knows I'm hers. That's what God is looking for. God is saying, I want you to be mine, and I want to be yours. I want us to be one. And that's why the Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then I'll give you everything else you're asking for. But you're doing it the wrong way. You're asking for everything else, and you're walking outside of covenant. You're asking for everything else, and you haven't started worshiping me. The Lord says, do you know how much I want to give you good gifts? So if you love me and come into this intimate place with me, then I will take care of the rest. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to hope in the word. So now I wanna, I wanna keep moving on, so I wanna go to another verse. So let's go to Psalm 139. Now look at this, and we're gonna read 17 verses, so hang on to your seatbelt, all right? Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me, yada. You know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up, yada. Now, what's that have to do with God loving me? God's not talking about chairs here. God is saying, I want you to be still and know that I'm God. You're sitting down, you're rising up, you're laying down, all that's about quiet time. And, and people, some people get so loud and so emotional, and I'm, I'm, I like all that, so don't think I'm against it. But sometimes we just run right past God. Sometimes we just, we just talk so much in our prayer time, he never gets to say anything. And we, just, we read our list and speak in tongues and read our list and sing our song and speak in tongues. And then we leave and we were never quiet. We never listened to anything. So God is saying, wow, how are we gonna do this with a one-sided conversation? And most of that conversation is you're asking me to do things for you. So how are we ever gonna build this intimacy if the only relationship we have is you coming to me asking for things and begging for things when in fact, I just wanna tell you a few things. I would like to, like to take a walk with you. I would love to go on a hike with you. I would love to walk with you in the cool of the day like I did Adam and Eve and reveal things to you. I would like to show you the hidden things around you, reveal the secrets of the universe to you. I would like to show you the traps the enemies laid for you so you can avoid those traps. I would like to show you who your real friends are and who your fake friends are. I would like to know you and I want you to, I want you to know me. 
So I under, God, you said you know my sitting down. You understand my thoughts afar off the same way I can finish faith sentences. And sometimes we laugh. And if you're married for a while, you'll do this same thing. And some of you probably already do. We will go to say something. We'll both say the same thing at the same time. Have you ever done that before? That's what God is saying. I get you. I understand. He, uh, you understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend me, God. You know my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me in and you have laid your hand on me. Can, you know, let me show you what that looks like. Uh, I, I, don't want, I don't know who to grab for this. Come here, Stephen. I'm going to use you, buddy. All right, because I know he's a hugger. This is what that means. I've, he's hedged me in and he's, and he's acquainted. This is what that looks like right here. This is what God is saying. He says, I've got my arms around you. You've laid your hand upon me. You see that? You've hedged me and you've laid your hands on me. So the Lord says, this is what I want to do with you. This is how I want to love you. I want to put my arms around you. Thank you, buddy. You have hedged me in behind and before you laid your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. How can I contain the knowledge that God wants to hug me? How can I contain the knowledge that God wants to wrap his arms around me? So let's go to the verse seven. Listen to what verse seven says. So where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. But notice this, if I make my bed in hell, doesn't mean God sent me there. But has anybody ever ended up in hell on earth before? Has anybody ever messed up your life before? I've got my hands up. I've got my, I want you to know that I've made my own share of mistakes. We all have. If I make my bed in hell, it does not disqualify me from the love of God. If I make my bed in hell, it does not discount me from being his and him being mine. The Lord says, I will still wrap my arms around you. I know you messed up. I know you're a mess right now, but I still want you. I still love you. I still want you in my life. Even if I make my bed in hell, you are there. Somebody shout, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the other most parts of the earth, what does that mean? I ran away. Anybody ever done that? Everybody just want to run away and you got there and you figured out, well, I don't have anywhere to stay. I better go back, right? I remember one time as a kid, I wanted to run away and I got about half a mile down the road and got hungry and I went back home. It's like, this runaway thing is a little overrated. But even if I run away, you're there. Even there, your hand will lead me. How many times have you found yourself in an even there moment? God, I'm really messed up, but even there you loved me. God, I, I really, I messed up my reputation, but even there you were there. You loved me. God, I made a mistake, but even there. I have a regret now, but even there you were, you never left me nor forsake me. That's not just a contingency upon me being good enough. No, some people think that God won't love them because they're not good enough. No, his grace is good enough, and his love is good enough, and the blood 
blood of Jesus is good enough and the mercy of God is good enough and the covenant of the Bible is good enough. Yes, you do make mistakes in life, but none of that discounts you from God loving you. Even there, your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold me. Surely the darkness may follow me. Even the night shall be light around me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide me from you. Somebody needs to write that on your hand. Somebody needs to put that verse, that verse, that verse 12, you need to write that and put it on your refrigerator. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night will shine as the day and darkness and the light are both alike to you. You can find me in the dark. You can find me in the midnight hour. You can find me in my biggest mess that I've ever made. You will still be there, God. Hallelujah. I want everybody that's ever been delivered. I want everybody that's ever been set free. I want anybody that's so glad you're forgiven. I want you to take about 30 seconds and just give God a praise right now. If that applies to you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Even there. So why would God do all that for me? Why would he why would he go there for me and do all that for me and save me and rescue me over and over and over? Somebody asked me one time, they said, uh, when did you get saved? I said, I don't remember. He saved me so many times. And I don't just mean from my sins. He saved me from myself. He saved me from my enemies. He saved me from battles. He has saved me from my own ignorance. He saved me from my own bad judgment. He saved me from my own self-pity. Anybody ever been delivered from self-pity? I tell you, that's an enemy that seeks to destroy you. It's not worth being a friend to, I promise you that. And, and, and the Lord says he saved me over and over. Why would God keep saving me over and over? Here's the answer. Verse 13, for you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Now I want you to look at this. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works. Okay, let's stop here for a second. That word praise, God, you knew me, yada. Now I'm going to praise you, the same word. It's been translated because they did not know how to describe from the Hebrew, how can we be intimate with God and God be intimate with us? It made no sense, so they just translated to the word praise. So God, you knew me, and now because you knew me, I yada, I praise you. I want to be close to you the same way you want to be close to me because you delivered me, because I have a testimony, because your goodness outweighs my despair, because you found me when I was lost, because you came into my darkness, because you came into those even there moments, God, now I want to worship you. I don't want to worship you because it's my favorite song. I don't want to worship you because it's my favorite beat. I don't want to worship you because all my great musicians and singers showed up. God, I don't care if it's a juice harp. I don't care if it's a banjo and a, I don't care if it's a violin. I, I don't care. I'm way beyond that, God. I can worship the classical music. I, don't, I can worship the southern gospel music. I mean, people that get hung up on worship, they're not even worshiping at all. I'm telling you, that's all about them. That's all about their preference. If it has the the name of Jesus in it, and if the toe of God 
God is tapping, you need to be able to enter in and love him. You know, I've changed my genres a million times. I am eclectic now. I still have my own personal styles. I still have my own favorite music, and that's why we have a playlist. I could go home and play that anytime, but if he walks into the room and I have to read the words off of a screen, but I know the presence of the Lord is here, I'm going to enter into his presence because you saved me, I yada. Because you loved me, I yada. Because you rescued me, I yada. You could have left me in my sin, but you didn't. You could have left me in my pain, but you didn't. You could have left me in bondage, but you didn't. You could have left me in the pit, but you didn't. You could have left, I could be in a ditch tonight. I could be in a graveyard tonight. I could be in an insane asylum tonight. I could be in a jailhouse tonight, but I'm here worshiping God in his divine presence. You didn't leave me to myself. You want an intimacy with me, and now I want intimacy with you, yada. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I will now praise you. I am fearfully, wonderfully made, and no, notice the last line of that verse, and that my soul knows very well. We can keep on going there. Keep it up there. Well, let's finish it out. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. Now get this. I love this. This is before I was born. This is before the male and the female ever came together and created my body. Before that ever happened, look at this. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet none of them existed. Hallelujah. God, before I was even born, you designed me for purpose. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.